So what does the Egyptian do uh, when the Israelite goes to him and asks him uh, for something? Exodus 10, 23. <clears throat> so the Medrash says, in the interaction between the Israelite and the Egyptian in the, in the plague of darkness, the light would accompany the Israelite. But when the Israelite would leave the Egyptian, the plague would resume for the Egyptian. And the light would leave with him. So the Medrash is picking up on the, the wording. So it could have stopped at that point. The fact that it adds <coughs> means that the Torah is telling us something about the light and the quality of light. And it was in their presence dwelling wherever they went. So the Medrash then, why? So that the Egyptians wouldn't say, well, the plague of darkness isn't directed at us. So the Medrash continues in Medrash Tehillim on Psalm 22. I'm going to give you an example. A man lights a, a lamp. Vosilica? Basilica? Basilica? Sounds like a church. Well, we now call it a church, but I'm sure there were all palaces and temples and other things that a basilica, which is a, uh, um, a court of a king. Can a man who lights in a court of a king, can the king then says, look, I want this light for my friends, but not for my enemies. That's not possible. It doesn't go with the laws of physics. So that's benoik shel olam. Very common in Midrash to say, when we're comparing divine on human, in the human realm, it's not possible to say, I want him to have light and him to have dark, because that goes against the laws of physics. Everyone makes use of light alike, not dependent on whether you're loved, or whether you're good, or whether you're bad. So this literary trope of benoik shel olom, in the normal realm of things, Aval HaKadosh Baruch Enoken is a very common literary trope in Medrash. Yes, everyone makes use of light that God provides in this world. And at night time, he gives darkness to everybody like one. That's only in this world. Then we're told in Isaiah Chapter 2. In the future, the nations of the world will receive only darkness, and I will split it against the laws of nature. So he's bringing an intertext from Isaiah to bear on our text to show that, yes, in the future, there will be miraculous things happen, according to Isaiah, in which the wicked will be filled with darkness, but those on my people will have the shining of the light. And don't be, uh, don't be scientifically bothered by this. 
שהרי במצרים הוא חושך למצרים, ויהי חושך אפילו ולכל בני ישראל הוברה. So he's using our proof text to illuminate the future when the nations will have darkness and we will have light. Okay, obviously the Medrash is highly bothered by this whole business of light and darkness, and so I want to dig deep now into one of the Talmidim of the Baal Shem Tov, who is the, the Toldos Yaakov Yosef, who I think should have been the next successor, but it went to the Magid of Mezrich, but far be it from me to determine that. He was a huge Tamnachochem, and he really came from a misnagdic background that was anti-Hasidic. And then once he came into contact with the Baal Shem HaKadosh, he, uh, uh, he was enlightened, shall we call it that? And so it starts... Venire on the first page, Venire, page Toshin base. Venire de Isa Beshasta Brochus, and I quoted you the passage from the Gemara and Brochus. You have it. Taf Yud Zayin Omadalev. Rabbi Alexandre Batat Slose, Rabbi Alexandre was davening the following prayer. Omar, Reboin Kalolomim, may it be your will, O Lord. You know very well, Sheratsoni Lasos Ratsoncha. You know, I, 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 um, I want to do your will. Right? And he says, may it be your will. That your station, that you station us, shetamidenu bekeren ora, in a lighted corner. Vial tamidenu bekeren chashecha, and not in a darkened corner. And al yado levenu val yachshenu einenu, and don't let our hearts become faint and our eyes become dim. And some say this was the prayer that he said. It is very well known that Ritsoni Lasos Ritsoncha, I want to do your will. I want to perform your will. So what prevents us? What stops me from wanting to do your will? So he started off by saying, listen, I need you to put me in a, in a light corner, not in a dark corner, because it all depends on you. I'm in a light mood or a dark mood, depending on neurochemicals or the divine or whatever you want to call it, but it's out of my control. I wake up in the morning and I feel a certain tone. I feel a certain mood. I, see, I feel a certain light or I feel a certain darkness. And I'm asking you, Lord, put me in the light and don't put me in the dark. <laughs> And it's known before you that I want to do your will. Mima Akev, what is preventing me doing your will? Soor Shebeisa, the yeast in the dough. Soor Shebeisa, the yeast in the dough. Now, if it's Chometz and Pesach and Matzah and Pesach, we know what the yeast represents and what the dough represents. Ego. What's preventing me from doing your will? My bloated ego, like the yeast bloats with uh, fermentation, so I'm full of myself, and that gets in the way of doing your will. That's the Pashtas. Okay? Sorsha be Isa, Malchius. 
and the subjugations to the kingdoms around us. That is, there are two things. One is inside me and one is outside me. The inside part of me is I'm in the darkness. Why? Because my ego gets in the way. I think I know, understand everything. Why should I do your will? I'm a naughty boy. I'm a rebel, whatever. But the second thing that prevents me from doing your will is Shibud Malchias. We're in Golas. They don't let us walk on the streets with tefillin and, 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 and talis and, and now in Holland, brismila and, and uh, shvita. They don't let us do it. So what do you want from me? What's Kibbut Malchias? Shibud Malchias means I am serving a foreign government. I'm in Galut. Right. I don't have my own hegemony. So then I'm, this is the prayer that Rabbi Alexandria and some say Rav HaMenuna was asking God. Yehi Ratzonu May be your will, that you save me both from the inner darkness uh, of the ego, of the Sor Shabi'isa, and the outer darkness of Shibud Malchus. Right? Both the. Right? The Noshiv Lassos Okay. Now let's see what the, what the Toldos does with this. The Kosovo Marsha, the Marsha comments on this Gemara in Gemara Brachus, V'zeh l'shona, ha-kavona b'zeh k'moshinema ha-rambam b'shmone prokim, sh'yesh la-odam le-lech b'midosov u-b'masov b'derech ha-mitsui. Oh, this is the golden middle of the Rambam. So the Marshal is commenting on this tefillah of Rabbi Alexandria and Rabbi Hamanuna by commenting and bringing us the Rambam Shmone Prokim and telling us that a person has to go in the middle way. But the evil inclination, the Yetzirah is pushing me to go in one direction. Like the self-bloated self-importance. Or with inappropriate lust. So the Yetzirah is pushing me in that one direction. So that's an example, according to the Toldos, and the, according to the Mashah, of this bloatedness of the Sa'or Shebe'isa, the yeast. The dough rises like your lust rises, like your sense of pomposity rises, right? So now he's troping on what is the Sa'or Shebe'isa, the yeast, and the Shibud Malchus. We thought that the yeast was inside us and the Shibud Malchus is outside us. The Tolder says everything's inside. So then I understand the inside lust and the pomposity and the, his gaiva, the gaiva. What's about the Shibud Malchus? Is that also inside me? The Hepach, yes. Shibud Malchus, Akum Shemachrim Liktsea Sheni, Shein Manichin Lisholis Goes. That outside force of the hegemony of the exile and a foreign government, what does it do? It takes away your self-esteem. You're a gurnish. You're just a Jew. You're a dirty Jew. You're a nothing, right? That brought us to the lowest level. I mean, look what they did to us on the streets of Vienna and Frankfurt and Germany. We had to take toothbrushes and, and wipe the streets and then 
they 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 tore off beards of the Kloisenberger Rebbe, and I mean the the things that they made the gedolim in any particular village do in front of all to show they made them trample on a sefer Torah, they made take them dung, and they made them do things to be mashpil betachlis hashiflus. What happens as a result of that to you? You become a Muslim. A Muslim were in the concentration camp. They had lost any sense of self and identity and any kind of self. Uh, in, no, they were the, 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 had no the complete loss of self-esteem. Now, in both these cases, both the bloatedness of the Sa'or Shebe'isa and the loss of self-esteem from the external pressures of exile are necessary factors that were required in the service of God until now, and they were completely destroyed. The Zeshinim, and now he goes back, the told us, to explain what this, this prayer is. I can't fix that. I've lost my self-esteem. How do I fix that? Our desire, listen, we want to be good boys. I want to be a good boy. I want to get my brownie points. I want to be this. Even like the Rambam says, to go in the middle, not to one extreme, not to the other, not too much bloatedness, not too much self-importance, not too little self-esteem. So what is preventing it? These things are outside my control. That's why there's a prayer. Sheshnaim elu, these two forces, the forces inside me of the Yetzirah, and the forces outside me that take away my self-esteem, ma'akvin, So he's taking the Rambam and says, I want you to move on the middle path. No extremes. And he goes, Riboni Shalola, what do you want from me? The Marashor says, you're forcing me the exile is forcing me to one extreme of low self-esteem. And the Yetzirah is forcing me to the other extreme of taiva and self-bloatedness. I have to go to you and just turn this over. I need you to help me force it back to the middle. Okay. I'm very moved by this because A... In the Musa schools that I was brought up with, uh, everything was on your shoulders. And you were judged by how you behaved. You were judged uh, not by your background or the epigenetics that you're carrying. Most of us carry our father's uh, issues. <laughs> My father's Genet- issues. Genetically. Epigenetically. What does that mean? Well, it's, it's a new science. It's not genetics, because obviously it's a psychological thing. On the other hand, it's not environmental, because I don't remember what my father's issues were in his childhood. And yet somehow, in my reactions to stuff in life and to religion and to, and to learning and to this, the things that really bother me turn out, when I look back at him, as, uh, as this uh, same issue. And that's a new science called epigenetics. For instance... Um, my father didn't live in the, sh- in, in, in the ghetto of Vienna, in the second district. I don't know why. His father decided he wanted to live in the 10th district, the 6th district, which was more modern. 
the boys didn't go to the yeshiva and then on to the mir. They went to gymnasium and they had a private tutor at night. We come to London after the war. Why am I not living in Golders Green and going? Well, I'm going to school in Golders Green in the menorah primary. Why am I living in Finchley? Why isn't he davening in the Hendon Adas? Why is he davening in Finchley Central, which is a federation synagogue, right? Now we move to Boston, and I have kids. And for some reason, I don't live in Br Brighton, but I live on Route 9, <laughs> where the modern Orthodox Rabbi Soloveitchik Shul is full of modern Orthodox schizophrenics, schizophrenics, right? And I'm saying to myself, the choices that we make are really predetermined. There is a sense of comfort. I'm just giving one silly example about where you live in a community. Do you live with the Frumis or do you live on the border between the Frumis or do you live on the... Where do you live, right? I mean, your wife grew up in a very uh, Frum area. Correct. Why aren't you in Lakewood? <laughs> well, I'm in Rogers Park. It's worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could be what I'm saying is that 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 that's what I'm what I'm impressed about the Toldos is that he's relieving me of this burden by reinterpreting this Gemara. He's taking this Gemara out of a hundred Gemaras in which it's really your fault and you're going to be judged to hellfire and brimstone, and he's picking up on this Alexandria. Rab Alexandri and is picking up on that and is stretching it to the point where this tefillah is saying, Rabboni Shaloylam, I'm in the darkness. What do you want from me? I'm in the darkness. And if you go to the bottom, so if you go to the next page, he then goes on and quotes the Baal Shem HaKodesh. And he, he, again, he's taking a Gemara. He is so learned, right? He's going to take a Gemara and he's going to invert it. The Isa Beshasta Menachah, the Gemara in Menachah is 99. Omar Reish Lokish, Lefamim Bitulo Shel Torah Zehu Yesoida. Reish Lokish, who has a very interesting past, uh, makes the outrageous comment that sometimes the nullification of Torah is its fulfillment. Now, we've talked about many times that there is MS, which is the truth as we've been taught, the truth as we're told, the truth that's out there, the objective black and white truth, the law. And then there's MS Lamito. That means truth to its innermost. Truth to its innermost may be the opposite of truth. The truth is I'm on a bridge and there's a girl drowning in the river. And the truth is I'm not allowed to touch a girl. And so if I hold to the truth, I just stand there and let her drown. But the MS Lamito is, well, you, you, have, you have to save a life. That's more important whether you touch a girl or not. So you jump in. So he says, quoting Reish Lokish, sometimes the bitul of Torah is its fulfillment. I heard from the Baal Shem HaKadosh. So he's going to start saying that this has nothing to do with the law. This has nothing to do with the legal documentation of whether this is permitted or not permitted. This has to do with the inner life of light and darkness. Shomati Mimori, I heard from my Rebbe, that Chiyus is Rotsavashur, that the spiritual path is never linear. It is a sine wave. 
There's an up and there's a down. How do I know it? From Yecheskel, that the angels are coming and going, toing and froing, meaning they would get burnt if they come too close, so they have to leave. They have to come close and they come to leave. And he says that is the nature of the spiritual life of a yid. Ezekiel 133. So here's the principle that everything, every piece of matter, desires to return to its source. Atomically, molecular, human, the soul, everything wishes to return to its source. The thing that drives us to get up early and to do the dafyomi and to daven and to be participating in the kehila, all this comes from that drive of our cheshek. There's an inner desire to be attached to the source. The imit lahev tamid, and now the Baal Shem says something very profound. He says, if I was on that level the whole time, then you would completely be nullified completely. Your whole soul would expire. So you have this amazing high, just like with heroin, just like with religious experience, and you get this high, but if you stayed on that high, you would burn out. Religiously, chemically, neurochemically, neurologically, you'd burn out. Bottle metzism, so as you know, there were stations on the way between um, Yetzias Mitzrayim all the way to Eretz Yisrael, 42 stations. One of them was called Kivrasatava. What is Kivrasatava? Well, it's an Arabic name for a place in the desert. It's an oasis. But it also means the burying of Tava. Now, in the exoteric tradition, it meant that the Yidin finally came to this place and in their spiritual development, they were able to conquer desire, tava. But he says the opposite. Kivrasatava, the mystery of Kivrasatava, as it's brought in the Bris Manucha, this is a, a work that influenced the Hasidish Rebbe's profoundly. Many of the Rebbe's quoted from the Bris Manucha, which was a hundred years before Hasidus, but everyone is quoting from him. And he is telling us that Kivrasatava means, I am... At times, I have to bury the desire to come so close because otherwise I'll get burnt. So Le- the years before Hasidus is just about the time of the real activity of, of Shabbos. Yes, 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 yes. And so therefore God set it up. Set it up. Our spiritual architecture is thus. ma At certain time, of the day, so we have parnosa, and we have to go to the bathroom, and we have to eat. So he set it up. It's a beautiful, cute way of saying that there are times in the day where this kind of dvekas is impossible, and you don't have to feel bad about it because it's the nature of rotsoy and shuv, the sine wave of a spiritual life. Gamshi yeshlo midasistapkus. And even certain intellectual questionings that I have. Why am I getting this questioning? Oh boy, that's me, right? Every time I go one direction, the Kafka in me, the doubting Thomas, the, the critic in me goes, nah, it doesn't have to be that way. Oh, you're feeling this? 
Yeah, but that's because of this. Oh, this, this? No, 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 that's because of that, right? That's the histopkus. That meter histopkus, don't worry about it so much. It was put into you for a reason. It's to give you a relief from that burning desire. And through the bitul, this time of time away from the spiritual practice, the soul gets rest. And now there can be a recovery of the mind. And this, he says, is the interpretation in the Gemara Menachos of Reish Lakish, lefamim, at times, that means at times during your spiritual life, in your day, bitulo shel Torah zehu yesoida, that the bitul of Torah, when you're away from it, when the sine wave is down, when you're in the darkness, when you're in the physicality of this world, is the yesoda. It's the very foundation for the next aliyah, as Rab Nachman says. Tachlis yerida, aliyah. Aliyah is l'tzorach, yerida is l'tzorach aliyah, meaning that the, the nature of my spiritual life, by definition, is a setup, and the setup allows for downtime and uptime. So... So based on this, if you were able to plan your day with this in mind, you would have um, work commitments, then spiritual commitments, work commitments, spiritual commitments. Well, maybe. That's how, would plan, that's how you would plan your day. To You'd maybe dive in the morning and then again in the afternoon and then again at night. It seemed like a good idea. To, al- <laughs> to align with this, with this architecture. Right, right. Is that... Am I, is that yes, yes. Why? Do you think he's talking about a 24-hour day here? Well, I don't think he's no. telling you. He's not what telling you saying. what you should be no. doing. He's he's suggesting that, and, and that's fine. Saying it in a tw- within a 24-hour cycle. I was just saying, just um, as a snapshot of a day, that we should um, uh, arrange things in such a way where we do X number of hours worth of, let's say, work, which is the physical, and then X number of hours of, let's say, learning. So you're right? talking about a day. Maybe he's talking about a week down, a week up. Well, yeah, month, we, month, I don't yeah. think he's t- he's not prescribing uh, you. He's not. Every soul uh, yeah. is different. Uh, right. Every soul has its own rhythm. But it's the same principle. It's a rhythm. Of, it's the rhythm. Now let's go to the bottom. Because right. now we have to come back. Now we have to come back. Now we have to come back to the light for the Israelites and the darkness for the Egyptians, which of course has nothing to do with the Egyptians. It has to do with the Mitzrayim within me, the Egypt within me, the darkness. Now let's watch this, what he does. Yesh Hefrish. Now I want to distinguish between people on this downtime. This person, Shemavatil Yosem Mishir Hanal. So he, he does exactly like this. There's downtime. So he's mavatel this time for his body needs and he's away and he's in the bottom curve. And then he returns to involve in the hislavas and in the vitality and in the brent and the fire of spirituality. And I love the told us because he opens the door for me. What does that mean? I'm in the blotter. I'm in the darkness. I don't have a way out, thank you very much. I don't, no one's throwing me a rope. Because this one who is completely in the darkness and can't get out of it, 
Vahalon Bachoshech, and he is in the darkness, Kamozmanim, Al Yeedezima Omenia, because whatever the reason is, right? Stuff happens. Happens, right? Stuff happens. And we're in the blotter. Yes. And, and you just wake up and you, and you have no desire for avoidance, Hashem, or davening, or anything, right? Mikol Mokom. Now listen to what he says. He's holding me. He's such a tzaddik. He's a rebbe. He understands me. He's not telling me what the ideal is. He's telling me where I am in the blotter. Mikol Mokom Hashem. When he finally finds that inspiration to return, Yesh Yisron Laor There is more light than the darkness, as it says in Ecclesiastes 2. Rotsaloma, what does that mean? You will always find greater Tanug, greater inner joy. <laughs> Coming to the light from the darkness than where you were already and always in the light. As it says in Gemara Chagiga, Sorry, saying we only appreciate the light because of the dark? If yes. If there were no dark, we would appreciate the light. Absolutely. That's exactly what he's saying. And then he says, and Rab Shimon says the Gemara in Chagiga, Daftes, a pasuk from Ecclesiastes 1.15, that which is broken can't be fixed. So what are you telling me that you can have tshuva? Who tells you that you can come back out of the darkness? If it's broken, it can't be fixed. So he says, that applies to Talmud Chochem Shepirish You have a Talmud Chochem. Who becomes an apikurus? Rotsalomet de ilu chaza hoyem malech hison alidei tanuk sheyeshosa. He has pirishmen ator because he's in the darkness. He's seen Bible criticism. He's seen scholarship. He's seen the Munich manuscript of the Talmud. You can't go back after that. Once you've been bitten by that scientific bug, there's no way back. You can't do what I call the secondary naivete and come back, okay, I'm going to be from again, right? You're going to have to find a new light. Meaning that if he would come back, he would fill that lack. So this is, we can now come back to Rabbi Alexandria. My will is to do your will. That means I want to be inflamed the whole time. I don't want the darkness. I don't want any of that downtime. I don't want to be in the blotter and in the addictions. I don't want that. What's preventing it? Now he's going to reinterpret having said this whole Thesis, he's coming back to that, which will then bring us back to the Posuk. What is that? That there are two types of bittel of Rotsu and Shuv. What is stopping me? It's not something bad. It's a setup. It's not something bad that's my Yetzirah and it's, and it's Shibud Malchus. He's saying those are part of the, the spiritual struggle of the sine wave of coming closer and going faster. It has to be that way. 
Because if I'm just going to be in the Sha'ar Be'isa, now this isn't to do with the way we interpreted it. It's like the yeast and it's the bloatedness and the ego. No, Sha'ar Shabisa is that which rises. I'm coming to you, Lord. I'm being inflamed with passion for you, right? If I'm going to be in that the whole time, I won't, there's no existence. If I'm sin nirvana, I'm not in this world anymore. Oh, Shovla Gamre. So I can't be on the high forever and I can't be in the blotter forever. Shapirish Minatorah, Alidei Shivad Machias. Lochain Hispalel. And therefore, in the Toldos' mind, Rabbi Alexandria of Rav Hamanuna is praying for the following. Yehi Ratzom Lefonecha, Shetachnia Milfoneinu. That you will make the correction. I can't do it. I'm in jail. I'm in the blotter. I can't do it on my own. Don't let me go too far to one side where I'm too from, I'm too mitlahev, I'm too righteous. And also don't let me go too far into the blot. I need you to keep me in the Rambam's hill. Now, Levav Sholem is in the plural, in the Levavos. That's this one. Keep me in that balance on that, on that pivot. pivot of a... Equilibrium. Of a weight. Scale? A scale. <laughs> Keep me in that sense of equanimity. So in the darkness were two types of people. Two types of people. The Mitzrim weren't the Mitzrim and the Israelites weren't the Israelites. They're two archetypal types of people of two types of spiritual desire. Anashim Echad, So the person who's in the blotter is the Mitzrim. I am the Mitzri if I am in the blotter. I am stuck and I cannot move. It's so thick. That darkness, I can't move. Because the Mitzri couldn't move. It was so gluey thick. That's the opposite, meaning the Emunah Yisrael within me, then the Or is with me, and I go to meet an Egyptian within me, and I enlighten him when I'm with him. Now we come back to our Pasuk. There was a reason for the Bechina of Choshech. That had a purpose. She Yisron Laor So that eventually out of the Choshech will come a greater light. Because you cannot appreciate the light until you've been in the darkness. But if you're stuck in the blotter and you don't have access to that spiritual Nisharu Bechoshech, they were left in the darkness. She Pirshulagamri Minatora. Which brings me back to the region of Vort that I started with. Now let's try and understand the darkness that the Rishina was talking about. The Mitzrim is, is in Mitzrayim. The Yisraelite is in Israel. These are spiritual architects. A young rabbi 
a complaint to the Rijna. During the hours when I devote myself to my studies, I feel life and light. But the moment I stop studying, it is all gone. What shall I do? The Rijna replied, this is just like when a man walks through the woods on a dark night, and for a time another man accompanies him who has a lamp. At the crossroads they part. At the first, and the first must grope his way alone. But if a man carries his own light with him, he need not be afraid of any darkness. Once you understand who you are, once you go deep into your emptiness and are not scared, once you accept the inner death and you are not trying to escape through dreams and projections, once you accept that you are dust unto dust and between these two happenings there is nothing but a deep emptiness, you have arrived what the Hasid calls God. Yidin have insisted always that the name of Hashem shouldn't be uttered. It's not utterable, it's inexpressible. You cannot contain in your heart and you cannot relate to it. You can become it, but you cannot express it. You can come close to it and you have to go away from it. God is not a being, God is a phenomenon. So vast, so infinite that no word can contain it. Only the infinite heart can contain it. Only the infinite inner emptiness can contain it. When you enter within yourself, you'll feel you're entering into a space where you are going to be lost, like a drop of water in the ocean. You will be lost. That is the fear. That is why you become afraid of death. And you start dreaming, future, projections. Entry into your being is like death. But if you are courageous enough, and cowards can never be religious, only the very rare courageous souls can take the risk of the darkness, the choshech, the risk of being lost, they arrive. You have to pay for it, and nothing less will do. You have to lose yourself to gain it.